Do you want to see this? Okay, let's see. What? Glasses. Yeah. You can see how fuzzy I'm there. Yeah. That is it on maximum focus distance. What? That's clever. That is clever. 99p pair of glasses <laughs> from China. Welcome, everybody. Lost Garf here with Basically a Podcast with uh, John from Killer Bits. Hiya. Oh, Am so... I trapped in a box this time? <laughs> I haven't got the full extent of the... Uh frame oh dear yeah you we're messing with of course the size everything yep equal footing but um <laughs> thinking about if it's a return person what should they talk about i guess just more on i guess with the channel what do you think of your improvement from the beginning like where you are now oh what uh, the the journey that sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah where is this uh you know if I could write a letter to my past self, what would I advise? <laughs> that kind of idea. <laughs> sure, let's go with that. I don't know, really. It's because, you know, the whole thing with YouTube, Twitch streaming, all that, it, it is just a constant learning experience. So it is just trying to learn stuff. There's probably advice you could give yourself if you looked back and where you started. and the, But it's one of those things you really need to kind of make mistakes early on to actually learn what works what doesn't and still now i'm i'm always trying stuff when i can to actually see what's worth changing up what's worth focusing on and all that kind of thing so it's it's pretty difficult to you know kind of look back i mean i always try and do kind of post-mortems every kind of six months or so and say right what do i need to change in that but it's it's an organic process <laughs> uh this whole uh youtube life and i don't i don't know really what i'd say about you know where i came from to where i am now it's just you make mistakes you learn from those mistakes you pro progress change was it adapt overcome something or other <laughs> Well, we're like trees. It's all about growth at the end of the day. Mm. Just growing up and everything. And you don't see where the where the last growth point for a tree is anyway. Like no, you gotta cut them open for the rings. So not, not cut us open. That'd be good. <laughs> we're going a little dark a little soon there. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the every six months. Like for me, I think it's like every year. Like at on the anniversary, I'll take uh, I'll take stock and everything. Yeah. And maybe at the new year I'll take stock too. It's a good idea to do that for sure. Yeah, it, it tends to be you start taking stock when it's the quiet period. So it's the yeah. summer and it's January <laughs> when everything dies. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what do I do now? This, this is the best time for it. Like with the drought and everything. Like, well, what else do I have to think about right now? No games to distract me with. They're coming, exactly. but they're not here yet. And... Saying that, I have managed to start planning out what the rest of this month and starting into August is. So. Yeah, it, it 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 seems like the drip feed of games is starting to come back now, thankfully. And yeah, there's a whole bunch back. of uh, you know betas getting ready for uh, you know launches probably in the, the holiday period this year as well. So we'll probably get a st start to get tasters because I mean, there's stuff like Fortnite is only a couple of weeks away in that and yeah. all that kind of thing. So that, that all that stuff is starting to drip feed through. Been wondering about that. Um, why is there a summer like besides the black hole that is the Steam sale? Yeah, like 
there's like bookend around that Steam sale. Maybe it is a Steam sale is the fault for it. Is there's just nothing there, and then there's nothing a little bit after. I I, I always think is it something to do with the fact, you know, we have stuff like E3, we have Gamescom, we have Tokyo Game Show, and all that. Is it literally just a marketing thing? You know, these big studios have a set amount of marketing budget for you know a quarter or a, a certain month and that. And if they're having to pay out to put on a show uh, for E3 and that, they can't afford to promote X number of games. So this is why they they push all the games towards the, when they're going to sell, which is always, you know, September, October, November time. Yeah. So I, I reckon it, at the end of the day, it's money. You know, <laughs> <laughs> always. We, we'd like to play games during the summer, but... For some reason, the bigger publishers and studios and that don't want to release them, so yeah, it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy. Then, so it becomes a question: of Why isn't there a wave of like indies right in the middle where there's no big companies to compete with? I guess I don't know. It's again because now indies that are in that odd position to get visibility, they need some sort of like marketing machinery behind them, whether they release themselves or if they go with these kind of smaller publishers like Devolver or Tiny Build or Adult Swim and things like that. And then once again, we're into that whole thing of, well, those companies have a marketing budget and maybe yeah. and they, they put on a show like the Devolver's uh, conference <laughs> at E3. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, oh my God. Yeah. What, uh, is what that bringing back memories for you? you know, you're trying to repress them. <laughs> What an interesting use of money there. Like, it could have been... <laughs> they could save their budget. Like, Evolver and Adult Swim combined did this conference because yeah. that's very Adult Swim what they did. They yes, could have saved money very. on that. <laughs> like, they hit too many cooks on that one pretty sharply. That was a ridiculous but, but thing. People are, people still speak talk about it. So, I mean, it <laughs> did what it set out to do, which was, you know, yeah. get the press attention for being batshit crazy essentially i suppose so it did it did work out like no one's talking about the other ones still like i only remember just because i pay attention to like jesse wells i know him as the guy who yeah. completely just deer in the headlights yeah. for need for speed that's all yeah. i remember apparently he's a prank guy yeah. all i know is he's that though just little bits but yeah devolver probably took away on that one unless there's just some game you're really looking forward to which are plenty on yeah. there luckily yeah, I mean, that was one decent thing about this year's E3, whether we, we'll get the same with Gamescom and, you know, Tokyo. Also, PlayStation do their experience, or is that later in the year? I can't remember. I it remember all either. becomes a fuzzy mess, I can't remember. But, yeah, um, at least with E3, it was the games we were talking about, mostly, as opposed to, you know, the shows and the, the companies. It was the, the actual games... That's yeah. sticking in your mind. They're like the other years where it was like, uh, how big a focus they're all making on TV or <laughs> sports, 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 TV, sports, 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 sports. <laughs> or the the Hololens, which we saw nothing about. Nope, which was interesting. Or just just so much focus on not games has happened. Yeah, and the focus on games, like this is what we came for. We got yeah. it this time, so it's great. You're saying about uh, the, the HoloLens, obviously, at the moment, is it Oculus is trying to do a big push at the moment with the VR? Because they're doing their summer VR thing, where they've, was it, they've knocked like 200 quid off 
the price of uh, the Rift, the uh, the controllers, and you get a bunch of games. So it's like essentially yeah. almost like a thousand dollars worth of kit for four hundred dollars. I think it was so something Ooh. ridiculous like that. Yeah. So they they're, they're they're trying to push hard that the VR thing, but again, it's one of those. It's still in that kind of uh, you know catch twenty two of. People aren't buying the hardware because there isn't the games, and people aren't producing the games because there isn't enough people with the hardware. So, yeah. it's getting there though. Because was it uh, PlayStation made a big push because they sold yep. a million units, and I think Oculus needs to catch up. Is one of the other problems they just need to to move units just so they can catch up and yeah. have it. And like someone's got to pay, and it's going to be the companies making the hardware, not going to be the comp. Yep. Uh, it can't always rely on the customers. That was an interesting conversation back when Switch was coming out, where it was Nintendo fans were like, you gotta buy the system, you gotta buy it, you gotta show support, yep. or else people aren't gonna go after it. It's like, well, they need to make enough of them, apparently, now. Like, <laughs> everyone's still trying to buy the Switch. Yeah. And, like, I get that, that because Apple is eating up all the memory chips that they're <laughs> required to build the Switch? Oh, jeez. Like, this is so complicated and everything. But, like, I get, like, Wii U didn't work out because people weren't super into it at the start. Yeah. And so they're trying to learn from that. Fans are trying to learn from that and say, like, get it early, get it early. And like, yeah, people want it. It's just not enough of them. Yeah. Every time. It's just, just not enough of them. Every time. But, I mean, going back to where we started with the HoloLens, mm-hmm. I think the reason we didn't hear anything about that this year is because, once again, no one's, no, no developers are producing for it because you know admittedly the the hololens hasn't been released even in like where you know back in the day the rift had its dev kits you know all that but people were buying them actual you know consumers were buying them to try it out and that yeah there hasn't been that kind of uptake for hololens and augmented reality so once again the developers aren't producing because there's no base to actually supply to the customers and that i think that's partially just because there's already the rift and the vibe and all those like those are there hololens is different but i think it took everyone who would would be interested in that with hololens you can play minecraft on your (laughs) coffee table uh if they were able to actually fully implement that from the start i'm actually curious out of just curiosity how many people would have bought it like they're like here's our thing which nobody totally believes we can do there's no way, but but isn't I, Hololens I just going to go the same way as Google Glass and everything else along those? <laughs> like, part of it is it probably will, and the yeah. other part is if you got you got to make inroads towards it, or else it's never going to happen anyway. So that's it's a lot of R and D getting wasted, but it's hopefully not wasted in the long run. Maybe we'll actually see viable, like bits and pieces of that technology may be useful in the future. Yeah. Uh, in some other incarnation, and maybe we will see the Hololens uh, in some other incarnation. Is it is it going to be later. like uh, the the technology behind the Connect? No one actually bothered using the Connect with an Xbox, but lots of kind of you know hackers and uh, developers and that found unusual ways. I mean, I saw music videos made with the Connect, and and a lot of kind of robotics firms and that used the Connect sensors and things like that. So it could well we could see you know whatever tech was going to be used in, uh, you know, Google Glass or, you know, HoloLens or anything like that would will show up, you know, a couple of years down the line in some of the tech we haven't thought of yet. 
That is the useful thing, is people taking the imagination of something already and finding other ways to use it. And there's 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 people who just dedicate to just doing interesting things with stuff like that. Like when the well, Wii I, came I out. I reckon though, if but... Nintendo got behind the VR bandwagon, yeah, then there would be a huge uptake because that that's the one thing. When Nintendo's done something, you've seen Microsoft and PlayStation that copy it because yeah. we had the Wii motion controls. What did <laughs> uh, Xbox and PlayStation do yeah. they had the move and the connect yep then we had the Wii U with touchscreen essentially and then we had you know PlayStation put touchpads on the the new uh, dual shot controllers oh, yeah. and things like that so they you always see whatever Nintendo does other people try and copy yeah so i i would imagine if Nintendo did something along the lines of kind of VR and that kind of thing we would see it kind of gets some market pre- penetration, essentially. Well, they did. Called the... Uh... <laughs> the Virtual Boy. The Virtual Boy. Yeah. <laughs> they were way ahead of the time then. <laughs> oh, God. Giving seizures to t- teenagers. <laughs> did you ever play the Virtual Boy? No. That was a weird experience, because it's just... It's in your head. It's basically wearing the VR set. You just yeah. you got your head in the thing. And it's just all red. The whole thing is yeah. red. And <laughs> and I remember playing Mario Tennis with that thing. It's, just, <laughs> it's such a weird experience because all you're basically doing is you're just looking at a Game Boy screen while you're in your yeah. head's in this thing. You're not really utilizing everything. <laughs> it was a weird idea. And how long until the seizure wore off? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, you had neck problems from that. Your eyes are just like, all I can see just is... bleeding. <laughs> All I know is red. Red is all knowledge. <laughs> Such a weird experience, the Virtual Boy. But yeah, they they have been a leader in a lot of innovation. That's that's the thing. Like, yeah. well, Sony's quoted as saying, "Whatever Nintendo does, you hope they keep innovating because it helps the rest of the market out." And that's a great thing about Nintendo is that they're always trying to innovate. And yeah. love it or not, that's what they do. And sometimes they do stuff people don't like, or sometimes they do things that just come off as really weird or dumb, like. NES Classic, why didn't we have more of those? <laughs> uh, it's weird the things that But it's only limited in. availability, you know. <laughs> You've got to queue up for those pre-orders. <laughs> it's a weird idea, like that and then the Amiibo shortage, always, I don't... Yep. I feel like they could be making more money than they do, but I guess they have some weird plan and it still works considering they're still making money. Exactly. Despite angering Are they people taking all the time? a cut from all the kind of uh, grey market stuff, all these oh, amiibos geez. and uh, NES classics being sold on eBay? I, like, sometimes <laughs> I wonder if they're just scared because... <laughs> oh god, if they did that, but... I wonder if they're scared because of what happened with Disney, with the uh, their, their amiibo game. They oh, made, the... like, two million hulks. Yeah. And they only sold, like, half of them. And so that <laughs> killed all their gaming development. Because they overproduced on that. It's like, the Hulk alone, they thought the Hulk was going to be that popular. It's like, yeah. There's one, one dude, and that hurt them. It's like THQ when they went too far in on that tablet and it killed their company. It's weird when they just over, like, oversell something. So I, I wonder you, if Nintendo's you mean just scared of that. It wasn't producing all the, uh, what was it, the three foot purple dildos for Saints <laughs> Row <laughs> that oh, destroyed man. THQ. Oh, man. 
If anything, that made them more money somehow. The silliness of <laughs> yes. that. Oh, man. Like, it's such a heartbreak to THQ going down, because they were making good games. They were making a lot of money. Yep. But they went so far in on something that no one understands why they went in on it, and it killed them. Like, I don't... Still don't get what they were doing with that. Like, only one doing was Nintendo for the most part with the tablet, and they go in yeah. on this thing that no one really cared about. And how does that? I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes executives are really weird. Like yeah. the decision that RPGs are dead, or that horror is dead, and all these things. A lot of things Jim Sterling complains about all the time. Like, why but thankfully, Greenlight's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> At least it cost them a hundred dollars to throw Tad at us now. So there you go. Yeah. Um, oh, but it did before, but they could do $100 oh. and then have a whole slew of tat. Now it's $100 per piece of tat. Yeah, there you go. At least there's that. I don't... I, I, I'm i hoping it'll be better. Like, everyone's optimistic, so... but I don't know. I, I really <laughs> don't know. Considering they, they said there was, like, a whole market economy behind just shoving out the shovelware and just making oh, yeah. the money off the, uh, the trading cards, I, I seriously think you know the ones that are committed to doing that kind of thing they'll get their hundred dollars for each one anyway so That's they true. don't care now i think about it you're right on that part like for the abuse of the system in that way it's still gonna go and part of me is like why didn't i think of that why didn't i think of that <laughs> terrible practice well, you'd be sitting cards. on your pile of money made out of trading cards <laughs> yeah it's so weird trading cards <laughs> like i noticed that like if i if i'm really desperate there's certain cards that are worth a little bit i'll sell those and i can buy yep. whatever i need but i'm like I never thought of it as something that could take off, and yet it has. It's so weird. Yeah. Sa saying that, I'm I I from you know the the, the past six months or whatever, all, all the uh, quite kind of questionable games we get come through. Um, I made about fifteen quid's worth of uh, off the the trading cards on those. That was my summer sale. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> it's crazy. It's a crazy thing that, and there's the whole. I don't know enough about it to really talk about it, but just bringing it up for real quick is the whole. Um, CSGO, those loot boxes and all the gambling going on yep. there. I couldn't even, I couldn't even imagine coming up with that idea of just have kids gambling with loot boxes in CSGO. Yeah. What but the fact is, douche. every game now is starting to have loot boxes. Obviously, Overwatch has certainly popularized the idea. But again, we're talking about stuff like um, Fortnite. I think they're, they've got some kind of loot boxes as well. Uh, Pinatas, I think that. Yeah, because I mean, eventually they are going for a free-to-pay model. I think for the first year, it's going to be classed as early access. You buy a founders oh. pack type thing. But a lot of these games now are, even if they're full, you know, sixty-dollar games, they're still got you know microtransactions and a lot have got these kind of loot crates, loot boxes, whatever. So I can see, even though you know the whole pro syndicate T Martin gambling site thing was in the press for you know it was a it was at least a couple of weeks but then it kind of died away nobody's thought any more about it since i can see it happening again with these other games that you know this whole kind of you know gray market economy behind you know selling and trading gear out of loot crates that's the the, all, the only question about that is whether you can trade gear like that's the one yeah. big thing like because overwatch you can't trade anything yeah um but I mean, technically, you couldn't do that with, you know, the CSGO stuff, but they found yeah. ways of selling that, you know, that particular skin for your gun or whatever. So, yeah, there, there are always going to be ways like that. And there's certainly, let's say there's some kind of 
fairly dodgy sites connected to some of the the Chinese MMOs and things like that with their own kind of you know gold farming and all that kind of thing. So <laughs> gold farming, yeah. It, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, the way more people are in, more game companies are embracing the whole kind of microtransaction loot crate system that we'll we'll start to see more gambling sites and more kind of sites that are you know buying and selling crates yeah that's what worries me like i feel like companies should be doing a pushback against it and just no trading is the best way i can see that but there is loot farm there is you can pay someone to le- to get you ranked up in overwatch you can pay someone yep. to level you in an mmo you can- this is even back like 10 years ago with like City of Heroes and even like Ultimate Online. You could pay someone yep. to level you up. That was always a thing or they give you money. It's always existed. And there's always like anything. There's a way to make a dime off something. Yep. I think the reason why I feel worse for CSGO one is because it is gambling. It's getting kids on gambling really early is yeah. not something I'm cool with. Like leveling a kid up. Yeah, sure. Why not? Give him money because he <laughs> paid you money. Yeah, okay. <laughs> It's it's a good and service. What do you mean? The kids are the ones with the time. <laughs> we should be paying them to level uh, us up. We, yeah. We've got shit to do. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> so, as long as uh, no one does trading like CSGO does, I think I'm fine yeah. with it. It's just what's because of how CSGO does it. And I still don't think Steam has done enough about it. And I wonder, just thinking back, was the start of all this TF2 or not? Just with the hat economy. I wonder about that. I... Quite possibly, because obviously Valve were looking at some of the way to make money because they weren't making Half-Life 3 or making any <laughs> games whatsoever. Uh, so they had to come up with something. Yeah. Didn't they hire an economist for the hat economy? I think they did. Quite Mostly possibly. Sure. It wouldn't surprise me. Like they, did some, they, they got somebody on board to help them deal with the economy of that because it was a moneymaker. It was a crazy yep. moneymaker. Especially if you had Bill's hat from Left 4 Dead. That was the, always the biggest <laughs> one. Because there's only so many of those that exist. Yeah. People go nuts for that. They're like, I'll give you every single hat in the game for that one hat. <laughs> like, people do that. Crazy. People get stupid crazy for, you know, what is essentially just ones and zeros on a server somewhere. It's it's, yeah. it's not like it's something you own either. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's ones and zeros on a server somewhere you're never going to. Yeah, and if TF2 ever dies, it's gone. That's it. Yeah, not exactly. getting it back. That's my argument, though, for against rarity, where yeah. limited time, where you only only if you played at this certain time in the past could you get this skin or whatever. I'm like, why? Why? These, the, it's basically punishing people who weren't around then, who didn't know the game even existed, or they weren't old enough, they didn't have a computer to play it, and they'll yep. never get to have fun with that limited skin or whatever. And so I've always been against artificial rarity in a digital world. Yeah. Like, so how do you feel about, you know, timed events? Because obviously going to something like Overwatch, obviously yeah. the way they keep refreshing it is to have these kind of events and a lot of other games do as well, which have, you know, novelty items like, you know, your London 2012 skin or you've got your Halloween skin or something like that. So they have these events which are designed to keep people interested rather than getting having a game become stale. Yeah, as far as those events go, it's fun. Like the gameplay itself has gotten stale. But <laughs> Yeah. These events, they help keep keep people around. And the thing to that is those skins aren't going to be gone forever. 
we're gonna see Pumpkin Reaper again next October. We're gonna see all these skins next time. The question, of course, is because I haven't been paying attention right now. I think they're doing a summer Overwatch, and the question is: Is Lucio yeah. Ball back? Like, not Lucio Ball, but the Olympic skins are they back? Can you get them again, or do you have to wait until four years for those? Olympics? I think you're gonna have to wait for the four years. Oh uh, well, they will come back. Is the one thing those are Olympic skins? So yeah, okay, but they will come back. Like the holiday skins will come back, and so it's just waiting for that holiday. So at least there's that. Whereas other ones that you'll never see them ever. Like, there's skins that were only for playing beta, and you'll never see these skins ever again. But as far as Overwatch goes, I believe every skin, you can get them again in the future. I don't think there's any beta-only skins. If there are, my bad. I think the only one I th that maybe is that is that Widowmaker skin. I'm not sure if you can get that. Uh, I don't think it's an Origin skin. But I could be wrong. Like, off the top of my head, I can't remember. But at least I think you can get every skin again in the future. Hmm. So that's more fine to me. Then something you can never get ever again. Well, it's Blizzard. They'll find some way of, you know, <laughs> recycling it and uh, making yeah. money off, off it still. Yeah, that's the thing as well. No, another thing to touch on, though, is for years, it is, we have, it's been such a pushback by, like, I think our generation. But it is the moving, the shifting baseline as new generations come in. And this is what companies rely on, I feel, is it used to be you could, a microtransaction in a full-paid game, no. No one's going to accept it ever. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. And now we've slowly been accepting it. Like, because yeah. it's been more cosmetic, I suppose. We've been more accepting to it. Like, Overwatch probably was a big push towards it, but it's all cosmetic. doesn't yeah. affect gameplay. So we've been okay with that. And other games have done it, too. And so I wonder, with the shifting baseline, it, we're going to get to a point where it will be pay for power. Or will we always somehow be able to keep that back? Because companies are always pushing closer and closer. Yeah. To just fully doing free to pay while being you paid for the entire game in the first. Well, I mean, obviously the scuttlebutt at the moment is what was it uh, with Battlefront Two? That's what they're, I'm thinking of. They're, they're saying that there's certainly going to be paying for power in that, and but uh, that you know they. Uh, they're going to come back and say, well, we're offering you all this DLC for free. We've got to pay for the server somehow. Yeah. I uh, so, it, I mean, yes, admittedly, the cost of making games is going up year on year. But, you know, your AAA releases are still $60. So, yes, I can see from the developers and the publishers' point of view, they do need to make the money somehow for these bigger and bigger budget games. But on the other hand, you can't keep bleeding us like this. <laughs> <laughs> we only have so much money. You can't. Because it was um, there was like a one of these AGM financial reports. The was the, the head of Take Two was saying. Huh. Oh, we're not getting enough money out of customers. This was just before the whole thing with Rockstar and oh, okay. uh, all the mods getting taken offline and that. Uh, they they were saying, we're not making enough money. This is Take-Two, the parent company of Rockstar and GTA. How much money has that game made? <laughs> not only did they sell it to everyone three times, last <laughs> generation console, this generation console, PC, and all the shark cards uh, in the online shark cards, yeah. So they 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 still reckon they're not making enough money. 
they're they're not happy with most of the money. They want all of the money. Suppose so. Like same thing goes with Square. They sold millions and millions like this couple years back. Millions and millions of copies of Tomb Raider, Hitman, and I think also Deus Ex. And they're like, we didn't make enough. It's like seriously. Like damn. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, that's that's why Square has did with Deus Ex. Mankind Divided, they had those microtransactions, which they're like, yeah, we didn't want those, obviously. We had to put those in last minute. We're, we're not happy with that. I'd, it's a, it's such a weird practice putting microtransactions in a single-player game. It's a weird concept. Yeah. They did it anyway. I don't know about Tomb Raider, what Tomb Raider does. And Hitman, actually, the Hitman did episodic, which, yeah, of course, Hitman has left Square Enix, so I'm wondering how that's future's going to go, because the first season ended on a cliffhanger, so I'm not happy about that. Well, but... thankfully, Hitman has gone with IO, hasn't it? IO yeah, still rese- retains it, so it's whether they, they can actually do it as an independent or whether they're going to have to look for some other kind of publishing partner or whatever. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't be surprised we see a season two of Hitman. It, it'll just be maybe smaller. It may be slightly different maybe it may be a good few years off before we see it it's not going to be like we're going to get season two you know tail end of this year or next year or whatever but yeah they they control it so it should be fine yeah so i was thinking wait do they have to just pay square enix or whatever but i think they they were able to just take it away amicably i think yeah it's, it's just like i said i can understand where developers and publishers are coming from because essentially, you know, budgets are spiraling and the the cost of games remains the same, essentially. But on the other hand, take the, the movie industry, for example, you know, you, you, your big tentpole summer blockbusters, you, your Spider-Man Homecomings and things like that. Billions of dollars, you know, in, you know, revenue for, you know, they... The, the budgets do increase, but they still make their money back because they sell the cinema tickets, they sell the DVDs, but they're all at a fixed price. So I think, yes, the game industry needs to kind of innovate and try and find new ways of revenue, but maybe stop bleeding your customers as well. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, people only have so much. And the fact is, year on year, we've got more and more choice. So how about instead of, you know, keep trying to bleed that one customer for, you know, you know, Rockstar looking for those uh, shark card whales and things like that, maybe, you know, consider being nice to your customers and then they'll keep coming back for your your next game and the game after yeah. that. So I'm wondering in a couple different ways. One is, yeah, the price can't it, the price can't go up because then people won't be able to afford to buy the freaking games. Um I think they need uh, innovations in some way. Maybe there's got to be a way to do less is more. There has to be a way to do less is more in development in some way. I don't know. Like, how well can you recycle assets without, without it just conflicting? Do they have to make a new engine? every? No, they don't. Certain companies, they only have <laughs> one engine. Let's take EA. Uh, when, you, when we saw um, A Way Out, it was yep. a very EA-looking game. Everything yep. EA just looks like that. They just everything just goes on that engine, and so they've been they've been working on that engine this whole time, for who knows how long, and so that does cut some of the budget out. So I don't know. Um, they just what can they do? So it's not yeah. 
ex- maybe find a way sell to expand the base. <laughs> Gonna yeah, have sell to sell more hats. Hat. <laughs> like we, yeah, we see with the big tent poles. It's like what Marvel did with their movies is they made it that it's just gotten more. It's just made more and more and more money. It's been able yeah. to just grab more people. It's been able to grab a lot of people. Yeah, and so I wonder if there's just a way for games to find a more accessible. To be more accessible to more viewers, to more players. Oh, there's only so much time people have to play and everything. Because movies are just two hours of their exactly. time. And I just... It's just an entirely different genre as well. Where there's some things you can compare and there's some things you can, of course. And I don't know what can be done. You saw, like, episodic idea was one way. Uh, just, well, they're, they're getting with the loot boxes. What is the way to do it? Because the, there's only so much you can get out of a player. And yeah. it, there's a lot of indies propping up that can take away some of those those players. Exactly. Like, for just a cheaper price and an interesting concept on a game. Yeah. It's you know, you look at people that have spent, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours in something like um Finding of Isaac. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could still pick it up for like fifteen bucks or whatever, like and you can get, you know, several hundred hours out of it, whereas, yeah. you know, a big AAA, yes, it may be a 60-hour game, but still, you know, you're paying $60 plus the DLC and all that kind of thing. So it's just people will... I mean, people are dedicated to certain franchises and things like that, which is questionable. You know, when you become a hardcore fan, you, you'll protect your franchise, even if... You know, it's going down the toilet and that, but yeah, like uh, plenty of people weren't happy with the like uh, mankind divided again yep. microtransactions in a single player game. I wasn't happy about. It. I'm like, I'm still gonna play the game, and that's part <laughs> of the problem. Is like, well, do you take a stand or do you you just you want to you want to support them? Yeah, but you also want to take a stand against this, and it's just what is the right way to go? It's because. If enough people take a stand, well then, yes, Square Enix, here's the message. But also, Mankind Divided suffered. Like, that that developer suffers because they didn't make as much money. And so, I don't know, because it's like, you took a stand against the microtransactions, but maybe they won't see it as anti-microtransactions, they'll just see it that people just didn't like the game. Yeah, so, right, okay, we'll scrap the entire franchise and just move on to something else. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the problem, is you don't know what the execs are going to think, because they're balls insane. Yeah. It's all about money, but sometimes they just decide, well, this isn't the thing anymore, so I, I don't know. And it's like, I just don't know. You want to support your game or not? <laughs> I, I really enjoy it. I didn't like what they were doing with Hitman, but in the end, I was like, yeah, this is pretty fun. I like it. Got Hitman. Uh, Mankind Divided, same thing. And I really want the new Star Wars, but I really don't like what I keep hearing about what they're going to do. Like, I want to be a droid so bad. Roger, but, roger. Roger, 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 roger. And I just... All the loot box stuff just worries me so bad. It's just... Who are you going to get all this free DLC? <laughs> no, you're paying for the DLC with the microtransactions. Yep. So I, I just don't know. I don't... I don't know. I really don't. It's it's this thing about taking your stand or whatever. One of the people I look up to, of course, is Total Biscuit, and he he's taken yep. a stand on a couple of things. He took a stand on Mass Effect Three. Boycotted that. He has never played it. 
And he might be fine for that, considering what happened in that game. But at the time, this is the most anticipated game for everybody right at this moment. And he's not playing it because he had his standpoint on that. And he's done that with a few games. And I wonder if I, I think there's, there's, it's a good idea to do that, but it's also, Mm. you don't want to kill a franchise. Like if enough people do it, you worry, what, what is it that the execs see? Do they see that the, people took the a stand? The bottom line, they... where the numbers add up, and if they don't yeah. add up to what they think they should add up to, then that's it, it's dead. Yeah, that's it, it's dead. And that's how the decision that th- this genre's done, or that that's done, that's how we got That's how we got Resident Evil 6 to happen. That's how, yep. that's how that happened. That amazing mess. <laughs> I, I just don't know. Like, it's, it's this rabbit hole of, I think you're damned no matter what you do. And so it's up to you what it is that should be done. But I just, I would hate to see Deus Ex stop happening. I'd hate to see Hitman stop happening. I would not want that to happen, of course. So, I don't know. Uh, Battlefront, I want to play it. I want to play it real bad. So, again, I don't know. I don't know. So what are you actually looking forward to? Because, like we said, we are still technically in the summer drought. We're still waiting, you know, those must-have titles. What what are you playing at the moment? What's tiding you over? What are you looking forward to over the next couple of months? So I got into Life is Strange because the the Steam sale five bucks for the whole season. Yeah. Like, okay. Likewise, I picked it up. I'm 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 booted up yet, but that's okay. on my list to do. It is. That is a ride. That is a ride. Like Jags played it. I think she's yep. doing the third episode right now. So I talked with her about the first two, and it's a ride. Um. It's it's too much like so many other things where it's this amazing show and then the ending just doesn't satisfy you in any way. That's how I feel about right. Life is Strange. That's how I feel about a lot of things. I can't think of the last satisfying ending I've, ending I've gotten because it's hard to get a satisfying ending. It really is. But, it, but, but is it the whole it, thing of, you know, they have to leave it open for a sequel or at least in this case a prequel and that? Or is yeah. it a case case of... There's... They, they they didn't really know what they wanted to do with the ending. As I say, I've not played it yet. It's it's yeah. on the st- it's in the Steam library. It's even downloaded. It's <laughs> it's just I've not clicked it yet. Yeah, that's the thing is I I I really I don't know if I should have mentioned the ending at all because that's my opinion. But yeah, um, there's so many games where all this craziness happens and then the ending, and you're like, I don't know, I don't know if I buy that. <laughs> it's like lost, like too many things are lost. Uh, I, I missed your question. What was, what was it you're saying? Like, what, what are you playing and what are you looking forward to? Oh yeah, so yeah, so it was Life is Strange and the idea was to to play Life is Strange and to tie it over so we had that because the prequel's coming in the 31st. Yeah. And I, and I just couldn't stop playing. It's really good. <laughs> it's like a really good book. You can't stop playing it. Yeah. And so I played it all the way through and it ends on the 27th. The prequel comes out on the 31st. So that's great. That's really perfect timing. <laughs> so I did that. Uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV. So a nice, a beautiful thing about Final Fantasy XIV, uh, it's really good. I've I've already played for eighty hours in two weeks. Ouch. Um, <laughs> this is what's nice about it, though. It has a free to play, a free trial demo thing. It's the entire game for the first thirty-five levels, and there are like eight, maybe seven fighting classes and then there's right. eight crafters and then three gatherer classes so you can go up to level 35 in all of them, all of them. for free and that's such a good deal 
The only limitations are you can't have a friends list. You can't party up unless someone who owns the game parties with you. Okay. And a couple other limitations. But for the most part, you can play this game for free up to level 35. And that is a lot of content. So it's a nice free trial. And during the summer sale, it was like you could get the game for like five or six dollars off. Like, okay, I'm having a lot of fun. It's not a bad deal at all. So there you go. Yeah. If you've already sunk that many hours into it, <laughs> maybe worth picking up there. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> uh, I think it's it's 12 a month subscription because it's MMO. Yeah. You only get one character, but you can get everything with one character. That's the cool thing. You can freely change classes with one character. You can do everything with them. And it's a little bit more if you want to have multiple characters. Like if you if you want to have a short person, you want a cat girl, you want all these things. Uh, they, that's what you do. I just have like this little short character called Alalafell, and they got right. they have the pompadour. So it's this little short person <laughs> with a pompadour, and they're just the best character ever. And it just looks exactly. awesome. And I'm just having so much fun playing that game. And so that's what I've been doing. So once over. again, a game that's all about hats. <laughs> <laughs> Those two games currently for the summer. And then looking forward, I'm looking at XCOM 2 expansion. That'll be in August yep. 29th. That'll be coming. And then September, I know that... No, no. If you're a console player, September's Destiny 2. October, though, is where there's too much crap going on. Shadow of War. As Destiny always, October, PC. November. That's just where <laughs> everything goes to shit. Yeah. We have, like, three months of nothing out, and then there's, like, everything in yeah, everything two, two weeks. And Wolfenstein's also going to happen then. Battlefront's yep. in November or September. I forget right now. I think it's November. And so, and if you're into Dishonored, uh, Dishonored 2, there's going to be an expansion there. And so there's so much at the end of the year. And if you're into Switch, there's going to be Mario Odyssey. And I don't remember when Data War comes out. But there's just so many games at the, at the end of the year. And it's like, it's going to be an embarrassment of riches of things to play at the end. Where it's like, where am I going to fit all this stuff? Hey, <laughs> I have no idea. I really don't, because I really want to play Destiny 2, because I feel like they learned a lot of lessons from Destiny 1. Yeah. And you got Wolfenstein 2. Wolfenstein 1 is an, was an incredible experience, a great narrative experience. I, they knocked Again, out the one I, I haven't never got around oh. to playing, but I did pick it up on the Steam sale. So there There's you go. another one that is in the library and is ready there. It, you get a lot of the old Wolfenstein vibe, yeah. but the storytelling is so is really good storytelling, great voice work, Gunplay is very fun. Wolfenstein is very good. So playing that before 2 is a good idea for sure. Because 2 looks like it's a lot of that. But I think they've even made it even better. And then Shadow of War. Again, uh, Shadow Mortar was amazing. Nemesis was yeah. incredible. They showed a lot of what they've learned from that. The, there's more characterization. Have you booted up the, uh, what was it, the Nemesis Forge? And uh, got ready to transfer your character across. You can do that? I didn't even yeah, know. Yeah, you can uh, transfer a... One of your nemesises and one of your allies across Ooh. into Shadow of War, and they'll turn oh. up. Oh, I did not know that. That's exciting, because yeah. of course, it's one game to the other. I did not know. I, oh, <laughs> I think the sale's over, but they were selling that game for four bucks. Thought, yeah, yeah. And that was like, this is an incredible game worth like 100 plus hours. Yeah, you really and, play and, with and for that price, it was, it was the kind of ultimate edition or whatever it was. Yeah. The, the, the one with everything, everything. included. So it was, that was a that was one of the best deals yeah. there was during the Steam sale. That's an incredible deal. I'm like, I couldn't believe it. it was like four bucks for that. That was a good deal. Was, like, that was a great deal. Life is Strange was a great deal. Maybe some other ones, but those are the two that really stood out with those deals. 
And I'm so excited for that game. Like, I remember when Shadow War was coming. I mean, uh, Shadow Mortar was coming. I was like, I don't know about this Nemesis system. It sounds interesting. Yeah. Gameplay looks all right. It looks like you're just kind of playing Assassin's Creed, Arkham, Arkham Knight kind of thing. But I'm really curious about the Nemesis system. Then it comes up like, yeah, I mean, yes. Going back to another one you mentioned, obviously, XCOM 2. I've I've been avidly watching all the kind of the build-up stuff and there's there's been a lot of kind of the bigger sites have done, you know, playthroughs of the, what was it, the the Lost and Abandoned, which is the first mission featuring the zombies and that. A lot of them doing, you know, interviews with Jake Solomon and he said the whole thing with the the Chosen did kind of spring out of Shadow Mordor and the Nemesis system because... Because uh, obviously in the expansion, War for the Chosen, it's um, you have the, the the Chosen, which are the uh, the enemy classes, and then you've got the, the 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 new hero classes. But they've each got their own nemesis, which is kind of built on the fl- uh, you know chosen on the fly, r- randomly generated. In that so that whole idea of these enemies are nemesis is was kind of born out of Shadow of Mordor. He, he oh. fully admitted that. I've said before, I'm surprised because, you know, as soon as Shadow of Mordor came out, everyone said, right, everyone's going to be doing Nemesis systems yeah. in their games in the coming years. But there has been very few. I can't think of any in particular that have instigated that kind of whole Nemesis system. Yeah, I can't think of any at all. And that's what's it's really disappointing that no one ever took it. So yeah. at least they've expanded on themselves. but. I, I couldn't believe no one really took it. Like, no one ran with it. Like, this was something worth running with. Such an interesting idea. It must have been one of those things. It was, you know, it was so cool. It was so uh, it's kind of so immersive in that. But once people got under the hood to actually see how it works, most people just go, no, it's going to be too expensive <laughs> to implement. We, we just can't get that into the programming. No, no, forget it. We're not even going to try I think there's potential. I, I, I think at the end of the day, it might have been like a, a technical thing, you know. Just, yeah. Uh, the the developers behind it just absolutely nailed it, and nobody can kind of replicate it. Like it could have been interesting, and in like maybe like a like maybe a more scaled down Saints of what's it called right now? Saints Row, Saints Row. Mm. Like a more scaled down Saints Row, where you got rival gang nemesis. That could yeah. have been a thing, or even GTA. If they did gangs again, that would be something they could have done, or just. Any game with, like, tribes or a lot of just fighters or even racers could have had a nemesis system. Some sort of racing game could yeah. have had a nemesis system. And no one did it. And it's no. just one of those disappointments. But maybe this even bigger nemesis system might get people into it. Because I just like how your own guys have nemesis systems now. And yeah. They've just expanded on it. and They'll have their own stories with yeah. their, with nemesis. Like, like that's cool. That's but, really well, their cool. Their stories live, live up to Bruce. No, no. Now, that's the thing that I'm so hyped about is just playing that game. As soon as you boot it up, you're going to go looking for Bruce, aren't you? (laughs) Yes. Uh, I just want the game to know, like, the game just knows, like, you're looking for Bruce, aren't you? He's over there. He's over there. We know. We know. Uh, You want to try to save, oh, what's his name? The guy who sacrifices himself. Can't remember his name. Poor guy. He got replaced by Bruce pretty quick, didn't he? I was like, you want to save him? You want to save his life? Make sure he doesn't get killed this time. Like, I've said it, I said it in another podcast where I'm like, you want the real tears, you want the real fan tears? Kill Bruce <laughs> in the final mission. Kill him in the final mission. I will die inside if he dies. Like, no! 
So okay, it's, it's a it's a toss up between you know Bruce in Shadow of War or was it the the dog in the new Far Cry? Your <laughs> dog, dog companion, which, which oh, is yeah. going to be the more heartfelt? Uh, you know, if if they die in the final mission, dogs always got to die, don't they? They better not kill that dog. They better not kill that. Where <laughs> they always kill, they either always kill a dog or they put them in so much peril. You're like, man, God really hates yeah, that no, but, dog. Yeah, the the thing is, isn't in the new Far Cry the whole. Th- Thing is the dog fetches weapons for you. It's going to be he fetches a grenade, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> uh, I want I want that to be a random thing that happens. The dog accidentally fetches a live grenade, and grenade. Like, you grab like, oh shit, you just got to <laughs> throw it away or something. I want that. I want that now. It was like, yeah, it's the new dog meat because dog meat did that in Fallout since one or two. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think since one and. Yeah, dogmeat doesn't die unless uh, things go wrong for dogmeat. Uh, it's it's just the thing. It's always kill your kill the main character's companions to punch them in the in the gut. Like it's always that's the yeah. that's writing one hundred and one. Yeah, kill the love interest or kill their companion. And night of the long dark. Yeah, kill Bruce. Don't kill Bruce, but kill <laughs> Don't Bruce. Kill Bruce, no. <laughs> like if if it's kill Gladriel's assassin, I won't give a crap. I don't care. I don't care. Badass assassin, fine. She looks cool. Yeah, I like badass chicks, but Bruce is where my heart is right now. <laughs> I, I'm just looking forward to it being like you build, you build up your family of followers. Like they yeah. have their own nemesis systems. You're grooming these guys to be these great warriors for your crew and everything, and then one of them gets cut down while you're away, and you just burn the earth looking for the guy who killed him. I know it's going to happen to some people, and I can't wait to see that. <laughs> Just everything dies for vengeance. I want to see that storyline play out. <laughs> but uh, what about you? What have you been doing for the summer to tide over? Uh, well, I, I, I've really been struggling. I mean, the ones I am looking forward to, I'm looking forward to at least checking out uh, Agents of Mayhem. So I have gone back to Saints Row just to get my head in the right place for, you know, absolute anarchy and hilariousness. Oh, God. Dildo Bat Clan is going to happen at some point. I'm sure yep, someone's yep. going to do that. And, um, like you said, also, s- stuff like XCOM. Um, I'm, I'm playing a bit more of the Shadow and Mordor again, building for that. But, like you said, this it's kind of a... There's too much to look forward to at the end of the year. <laughs> it's, it's trying to pick, right, well, I'm definitely going for that. I'm definitely going for that. So, I, I mean, one one thing I'm playing at the moment, I'm replaying Transistor, ready for two weeks' time when Pyre comes out from Supergiant, uh, which apparently is where bo- both Bastion and Transistor were kind of quite short games, but very kind of narrative-driven. This, they've said there isn't a particular time limit on it, so you can play as much as you want. So the whole idea being, you know, you're these banished creatures out in the wilderness trying to you know, fight their way back into civilization or whatever it is. You can, it sounds like you could just wander the, the wasteland aimlessly, just, you know, fighting enemies. Yeah, I, I want to play that game. I, I, I don't know too much about it because I'm trying to keep myself a little isolated from it. I just want to experience it fresh and anew as soon as it comes out. So that that's definitely on the list. And that's only, what, a week and a half, two weeks away, something like yeah. that. Pretty new, it's pretty close by. It's almost here. Yeah. I've been so back and forth on that. I just don't know because they are short narrative. Like 
Right now, yeah. they've only done short narrative, and they've been incredible. Like, Bastion yeah. is, well, it's freaking Bastion. Put them on the map. It was an amazing game. Yeah. Transistor, I liked a lot of these. They did. It didn't hit the mark the same way Bastion did. Like, in any, like it didn't hit the mark at all. It was pretty good. I like Transistor. Did you you play the whole thing, or just playing it now? Transistor? I, I, I uh, when it originally came out, I played, like, the first hour or so, and it was one of those. Okay. I'm going to get back to this. This is my excuse to get back to it. So I, I, <laughs> I, I'm almost at the end. I think I'm like a, an hour away from the end. So okay, so it's such an interesting combat system idea. Yeah. It looks nice. It sounds great. It just didn't hit the same mark Bastion did. I liked it, but it was just, it was just a different thing. And now here's Pyre. Like, I like that they're doing different things every time. Yeah. Transistor is very different from Bastion. Pyre is going to be very different from the yeah, previous two. Yeah, Pyre is almost like a sports game. Yeah. And the, so, the combat is essentially... Like three on three basketball, essentially. Yeah. And so I kind of, I I'm, I'm back and forth on. It. I just don't know if I want to wait and see, or if I want to dive in at the start. I'm really not sure. And I'm also just not sure about the story on this one. Like, I'm not trying to see Bastion again. Like, it, it'd be a bad thing to just compare everything to Bastion. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a high watermark to measure anything yeah. against. Like, I'm not trying to do that, but at the same time, like these guys made Bastion, so kind of am. I don't mean to, but. I'm looking for Bastion again, kind of. Like, maybe we yeah. should just play Bastion. That's... <laughs> but I just don't know. Like, it, it should be fun. It should be interesting. I just don't know if I want to wait and see instead of just dive in. But they, they've they made two solid games already. Yep. I just don't know. Like, it's it's partially being kind of frugal because of what's coming later. Yeah. Because of, uh, because of October, because of late August and November. Like, there's so many things coming. It's like... Well, should I hold out on Pyre for now because I have to buy all that later? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's part of the problem. And so I don't know. Because there's only so much money you can have. Yeah. And Unless I you're know the game developers, then you have to have all the money. Yes. <laughs> like, it's an investment of time. It's an investment of yeah. games. I mean, because we, we do content creation. So it's like, yeah. do I want to do Pyre? Do I want to do Pyre when it comes out? Because that'll be when the views are. But is it a game I, I want to do right now, or should I be holding out for all the big games later? Of course, when you do but that... But then the big games later, they're going to take out, you know, 30, 40, 60 hours, whatever it is. Yeah, and that's that's the kick in the pants always, and that's why everyone loves yep. Steam Sale, is, well, things are cheaper, so you can afford to get those things later. Like, if you never played Shadow of Mordor, and the $4 deal was amazing, dude. Exactly, yeah. Well, stuff like that does happen. And it does lead to the question, is, does the Steam Sale help or hurt at the end of the day? And I have no idea. Like, because people always wait out for the Steam sale, and it's always, you know, a cheaper deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, stuff like Wolfenstein, as I said, I, I never got a chance to play it when it came out. A couple of years later, whatever it is, picking up as a, a bargain like this, that, that's kind of, that's an ideal kind of Steam sale purchase. Um, But for its part, I think Steam sale is a good thing. It gives people a chance to pick up something they were you know dubious about buying when it was you know sixty dollars but to pick pick it up for you know a fiver yeah it, it doesn't matter if you're only going to spend a couple of hours with it then at least to try it out but because it's one of those things now games don't do really do demos it's a case of we we get these whole oh join the beta weekend you sign, sign up and <laughs> or pre-order get access to be they try and use betas now as demos, but yeah. you know, back back in the day, you got 
you you went down the shops, you went down the newsagents and got your magazine with the demo disc on and you oh, could yeah. try out you know, a bunch of upcoming games and that helped you make the decision, right, well, I'm going to buy this one. Now you're lucky if you get a demo three months after a game comes out. Oof. So it's... I, I think Steam sales are helpful in that respect because some people are, well, most people don't have all the money in the world and aren't going to be able to buy every AAA title that comes out as soon as it comes out. So being able to pick it up a year, maybe a couple of years later at five quid, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's kind of just which angle you're looking at it from. I think certain devs, they don't like the Steam sale because like, well, I'm not making any, I'm making less money here. Another dibs like, well, people are playing my damn game, yay! Yep. And then for us as consumers, like, yeah, it's a good thing because we can get things we couldn't get in any other way. And for some, they just don't. People just don't have a lot of money, so they're able to get games that way. And then you can think cynically about the people who are like, I'll only wait for the sale. Yeah. But there's just so many different angles on it, and for me, I think it's more positive than anything. At the end of the day, just more people and, playing games. Yeah, and then you have some devs that release their last game for free. Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's segues here for you. I purposely <laughs> set that one off. Yeah, Yotan. Like by the time this podcast comes out, it's too late. But yeah, uh, Sundered's coming. It's almost here. I think it's the twenty eighth or twenty seventh. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, twenty seventh, twenty eighth. Sundered comes out. So for the weekend where we're recording this, Yotan's being given out for free. I've told everyone I can. It's coming out. Yes. It's out for free, so they can get it. And, and it's not just Steam. You can get it on GOG. Oh, GOG. You can get it, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, if you want to go DRM free, yeah, it's just, it's a fantastic little game. It's definitely worth picking up. And to use that as a marketing tool to actually go, look, get this free. And we've got our new one coming out in a few weeks' time. Yeah. So it's like, if you like this, maybe you'll like the next game. Yeah. Which... Did you manage to get a chance to play the, the, the preview demo build thing they had when it was the Kickstarter for Sundered. Yeah, I, I got to play that. It's interesting. It's, of course, it, it is a it's a demo. It's an actual demo. It's very yeah. much you get to do this one area. They put in some cool things for you to see while you're in there. It's very much a demo, and it looks nice. It plays pretty good. Um, the one thing I feel that hurts Sundered is the fact Dead Cells exists. Yeah, because it just did everything that that game's doing but better, and so. The game's almost here. It's under embargo until release. I'm going to take a look at it. Yeah. I'm going to see what I think. Have a video ready when it comes out. Have my thoughts on that. But yeah, I played that before Dead Cells. I'm like, wow, this is... When, after Dead Cells, and thinking about it, I'm like, wow, Dead Cells did everything better, unfortunately. But yeah. they are kind and of beasts. And the thing is, Dead Cells is still updating regularly. Yeah. It's, it's like, there's an update every week, every other week, or something like that. New stuff being added. Yeah. And... Dead Cells still in early access, but it's I've I've seen you know full release titles that are less complete than Dead Cells. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, the one thing that Sunder might have going for it is it has a different feel to it. It's very yeah. Cthulhu feel. Yeah, and also it is a it's a it's a it's a Metroidvania that has an ending to it. Well, Dead yeah. Cells is a roguelike. Like yeah. this is a roguelike as well because like the levels are. Generated yeah, they're, they're doing something very similar with the kind of the level design. Yeah. There's kind of core areas, but yeah. all all the kind of pathways there are kind of randomly generated. In that I like that idea. Like it's the things are set, but how they're de designed on the way is random. Yeah. Like that's a pretty cool idea. 
the one problem is it's just there's just so much of there's only so many tentacles before you're just like okay i'm tired of all the damn tentacles yeah. <laughs> and this is only based off that demo i haven't played the, the full one yet and yeah. even if i did i couldn't talk about it anyway but from from playing the demo is it was very much a demo it's just the one song playing over and over everything's just has this one look to it just a very big map of the same looking thing the enemies were you got some pretty cool enemies you got to fight a boss at the end the boss is pretty yeah. big and intimidating and i liked it i really liked it it was a pretty good new metroidvania just dead cells happened <laughs> but um i got a copy i'm gonna take a look at it if i really like it i'll play out the whole thing and maybe do a review instead of a preview uh but if i don't if if it's if i still recommend it, of course i'll do a video on it but there's gonna be a video on this no matter what like this is yeah. a game people are looking forward to It'll either be a preview well, I'm or I'm interested to go back because it, it was that, that demo is what a year or so ago now, or whatever yeah, it is. It's, it's so pretty I, old I'm demo intrigued now. to see how far along it's come in that because yeah. I, I really like the art style to it. The, the kind of the, the hand drawn, like you said, it was very twisted, very, you know, Lovecraftian horrors and all this kind of thing. I, I did kind of like that. Um, whereas Dead Cells. The one thing I have against it is I'm just getting a little burnt out on pixel art because I, <laughs> I get at least one pixel art game in my inbox <laughs> every day. But then again, yep. Dead Cells, it, the mecha mechanics of it, the the, the variety of it, uh, just just the feel of it is is brilliant. So I can kind of put aside that the whole thing is oh it's it's another pixel art game. Oh no. <laughs> I didn't. I, I wasn't interested in it at all. I was like, eh, okay, whatever. It's just another roguelike. And then it was like, it's really good. Like, oh, uh, oh, I've had a copy for like a week. I better check this out yeah. already. I was like, it's damn, it's good. And it's, yeah. you could sit there for a good amount of time just playing that and then put it away and then play it again. And the one thing I really appreciate about that game is you can save any time. Yep. Like so many roguelikes are, you can only save when you're dead. When you're dead, or yeah. you can only save. Yep. Yeah, no, only you can only save when you're dead. You can save any time with this. I'm like that is such a yeah. nice thing because that is the pickup and play. I, I, I've played a bit of it and then you've gone. Oh right, I need to pop out. Come back to the shop from the shops. Sign up again. Oh shit! This is where exactly <laughs> where I left off. <laughs> I wasn't expecting. I was expecting yeah. to start from the beginning again. I really like that. Like I was surprised. I didn't know they were going to do that. Yeah. And what I like is there's different styles to it because you can take your time or you can go speed through because there's speed doors and everything. Yeah. And then there's you can take a harder route, an easier route. There's so much to that game. They they really nailed it. We start off talking about Sundered and go <laughs> go straight to that. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Sony. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many good games. I we're in a good era as far as games go. We're in the golden age. We've been in the golden age. Because yep. we're at the inception of it. And there's just been so many great games. Every year, so many amazing games. So many new takes on games. And we're just in a great age for it. And we're also in the age where there's also growing pains, microtransaction stuff and all that, where we get to see the good and bad. Yeah. And I wonder what it'll be in another 10 years. What happens next and all that? Well, we'll get to see it unless... There's not going to be nothing. There's not going to be a bubble. I don't know why people <laughs> keep worrying there's going to be a bubble. It's There's too well, they've many been saying for They've been saying for a while they reckon there's an indie crunch happening or going to happen or things like that. Yeah. But... I think we're all right. You know, there were there was kind of questionable at times where we thought, oh, can it con continue like this? But 
I think because the big triple A's are getting bigger and you know more spectacular and huge budgets and they're they're gouging us for all this money there is always going to be space for the little guy yeah and the indies are are telling smaller interesting stories which is we need to have that balance between these huge spectacles in the triple a and then these you know smaller experiences which which the indies are actually fulfilling yeah and then we're seeing I think the ones who are suffering the most are the middle ground, where they're indies, but they're a little more expensive. Interesting concept, like, I don't think it's enough of concept for this much price, and you're just like, I don't know, at a cheaper price, I think they'd sell more, but they're selling at is, 40. Is that, like you said, it's those mid-tier ones, like what THQ used to be. Yeah. THQ always used to be kind of like one of those mid-tier publishers and things like that, which... Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, more of those have disappeared and they've either been swallowed up by the bigger guys or those teams have kind of disbanded and gone off and done this their own thing. Yeah, it feels like we're just hitting two extremes here, whether we like it or not, in a way. Because like, you have to have money for the big ones, but you'll, if you only have so much money, then you're doing the little ones. And everyone in between, it's just like... They're, they're you think there'd be a gap in the market there and there'd be more people <laughs> trying to get into that gap, but... Evidently, the budgets aren't available for it. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, it's unfortunate. Because there are some things I'd like to see. Like, again, it's just, you know, you don't want to see anyone fail. You want to see everyone succeed. Sometimes people just make a lemon, but uh, you just think of the years they put into it, and you just kind of feel bad. It's like, and they put in so much time in this, and it just doesn't take off. And it's just, there's always going to be people who don't make it. That's the unfortunate thing. A lot of people are going to make it, a lot of people aren't going to make it. And there's, I don't know, there's so many developers like, great idea, nice person, just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And it's a heartbreaker every time. And then you have the Peter Motley use of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I had to. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh god. Oh oh my god. (laughs) Oh, you son of a bitch. You're pretty much. Well, the developer for a way out, he's like he's like Peter Molyneux, but with more charisma. Yeah, I'm kind of scared of those guys propping up more because <laughs> they'll get more money out of you on that. Uh, great ideas, what the hell? But they're still not bad. They're still not bad. I think uh, we've talked a good amount, so we should wrap this up. Always good talking to you, uh, John. Thank you. So the way to end out, of course, is a lesson. Like, what have you learned? So again, just any more advice. You give to anyone just starting up. Uh, if you're planning on doing gaming content, or whether it's YouTube or Twitch, have a plan for the summer. <laughs> I think it's basically <laughs> what we can take away from this. Um, going back to where we started with the show, always look to kind of change things up. Be, don't be afraid to you know make mistakes and make changes and things like that, and just adapt and you know, just go with the flow. Have a plan, but be free enough to, you know, uh, pick and choose and try new stuff. And have a plan for the summer, because there's not going to be any games. <laughs> oh, jeez. Or <laughs> you're just doing a bunch of retro, because it's all the yep. old games there. So do that if you want. You could always be like, no, I never played this. Let's all check this out. Yeah. There's a thing as well. But so that has been basically a podcast with me, Lost Scarf, and John from Killer Bits. And where can everyone find you at the end of this whole thing? 
Uh, well, you can find us across all the social medias over at the Killer Bits. I dare say there's going to be links down below or something down there. Yeah. So yeah, you can find me at the Killer Bits. Come say hi, and I will see you again probably. You'll probably write me in uh, another time, won't you? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're too too good a guest not to have. Here, that's for sure. I'm a cheap date, I know. <laughs> You've done plenty of drinking for it, for sure. Like, oh, this is going all right. Okay, all right. All Cheers, right, see everyone. See you next time, everyone. <laughs>